2: I do have my mic on. I promise.
1: The button was on. I don't know what was going on there. I've heard that from Cody a time or two. No, I, I,
2: I, Cody said it was it was red.
1: Uh, the sun's on it. I can't really oh, okay. tell. Okay, yeah. but I already made conclusive.
2: Nick, Nick knew it was red because he was scrambling, <laughs> looking at the board, like trying to figure out because he saw it's, the it, mic was red. on. I was like, yeah. it's red, man. I don't know what was going on. The mic was on. Anyway, eleven o'clock hour. Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz, with you. Reminder in the one o'clock hour today. We'll head back out to Arrowhead, and you'll hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. I want to welcome in Dane and Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, of course part of the Chiefs radio network. You'll hear him on the call this Saturday in Las Vegas, along with Mitch Holtis, Josh Klingler, and Dan Israel, and also for players only with Sean Barber right here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, Dane and I, I don't know if you caught what we were discussing in the last segment or so where uh, the latest option and proposal has been thrown out there from Adam Schefter that he's hearing from the NFL – Uh, and it's one that I think is absolutely ridiculous, quite honestly. And it is that the NFL is considering allowing the number one seed to pick home field or a bye week
3: Wow. That's uh, (laughs) a, that's a weird, weird dynamic, uncharted territory for sure. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. That's way outside the box. Um, I get that they have to be creative based on the circumstances, but that seems weird. I don't, I, I mean, I, don't, I think guys, because then you put it on the players, you put it on the team to basically uh, put aside the fan base or the mm-hmm. 12th man or the, that factor. And like, why would you put that on the team? Like if you wanted to internally say from the NFL's perspective, we're going to internally flip a coin and we will mandate who gets what, then you, then you get all the, the brunt of the issues and you, and you protect the team. But uh, I feel it's tough to, from a player standpoint, you value bye weeks. I mean, you always value bye weeks. But at the same time, you know, they love playing in front of the Chiefs kingdom and having that 12th man be a factor, which we've seen, truly come to fruition in a lot of games regular season and postseason so yeah that'd be a tough dynamic to swallow hopefully they don't go that route but to be quite honest I don't know what route is fair for everybody I don't know if there is something that's fair for everybody and whether we should be worried about what could be fair for everyone
4: I don't think that there is a fair answer Dana which is tough I think what you're looking for is the most to me it's What's the most fair with the least amount of complications is kind of what I would be seeking. The other thing that Shefford reported is the possibility of the AFC title game would be neutral site if it was between two teams having played a differing number of games. So essentially, if Buffalo or Cincinnati were in the AFC title game, that game would be neutral site. Does that seem any more or less fair or better idea to you? So
3: let me ask you this question. And this is this is, you know, what if situation not a situation, but a situation happened in week 12? Again, there was lightning. What uh, have circumstances came about? Hurricane that was a California, and the game got canceled in the first quarter. Mean-
2: let me put Dana on hold. Sorry there, Dana. We're, we're, we're dro- your connection's dropping a little bit. We'll try to get reconnected uh, t- to Dana. I understand there. his I th- point. Well, that's what I, that's what I, I agree with him. I, I kind of made that, like, if this was week five, would the NFL have said, oh, we need to make the title game neutral site just in case? No. I wouldn't have done that proactively in week two. It's all it is simply. Have let the rest be, it is simply because we know it's also now like the ramifications. Happen, yeah.
4: Like to say, like, what if this happened in week four? It's kinda hard because it didn't. It happened in week seventeen. And we know it happened. But in, in week, week four, 17.
2: you would not be sitting here saying, like, neutral site game. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Like, like if it was in week four, we would not be saying, Oh, yeah, you gotta go neutral site. No, we would never even have crossed our mind. I think that's kind of maybe the direction Dane was headed in. Let's try to reconnect with Dane. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, sorry about that, guys. So the hypothetical situation would be, let's say it's week 12. Both teams have had their buys. And whatever earthly circumstance or what have you, a game got canceled in the first quarter. And then at the end of the season, it wind up being this same scenario. Would you still do or at least even entertain the ideas that Schefter brought out there? Like, I feel like... There wouldn't be that, whether mm-hmm. it's because you would have several weeks to kind of plan and prepare, uh, or you would just chalk it up to it's it's a missed game. And the best team or the team with the best record is going to have that number one seed. Um, I feel like that's how it would, how it would be. But I, again, this is such a tough, tough dynamic because of the nature of that game, the two teams involved. It wasn't like one of the teams was, the, you know, needed to win and just to get the number one seed. It was both teams could be really uh, depending on how we play in Vegas. Like both teams could have been a factor in that buy. So I understand it, but I just feel like if this had happened earlier in the season, after a bye week where you couldn't shuffle the games, they still would have figured out a way to 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 accommodate without. Such a, a crazy notion and, yeah. and decision, like they're they're putting on the table now.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm a hundred percent, I'm a hundred percent with you. I understand that the bills are, are going to be potentially in other scenarios, you know, punished for something that was out of their control as well. I guess I don't, I just don't get the notion that, like, well, if the bills have to be punished, everybody's getting punished, and I feel like that's what these options now being brought forward are doing. Like, it's unfor- it's terrible that it's impacting the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, for that matter, in that game. But, so wait, the solution is that, well, if they have to suffer, everybody does? Like, that's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, and let's be clear. If the Bills would have lost, we would have gotten the one seed. The Bengals, if they went out, would have gotten the two seed, and the Bills would have gotten the three seed, right? If the Correct. Bills would have won, Bills would have gotten one seed. Chiefs would have had the two seed had we won out, and the Bengals would be three. So it's, again, it's tough because you have a scenario where either of those teams could have gotten a one seed, Um, especially if we don't help ourselves and we lose this weekend. So I just feel like maybe the most fair thing, would be after this weekend is flipping a coin that being done in the NFL from the NFL offices. And like you just say, that's where the chips fall because of the dynamic of the top three teams and the top two of the top three teams having played each other in this circumstance. I don't, I don't know if that's right, but I don't know if that's wrong either. And it may be one of those situations where you just kind of live with, however, it falls, um, now granted, if you're if, if it's a situation where we win this weekend, then maybe that coin toss is just between the Bills and us. I don't know. Um, but I feel like that could be the most clear least unfair way to to iron this whole thing out.
4: When you look at the on field part, it's funny because as much as this has taken up time Dana, I don't know that we've spent a single solid second talking about the actual opponent this weekend they do still have to beat in the Las Vegas Raiders. How concerned are you about the Jared Stidham-led squad? Well, I'm always
3: concerned about an AFC West opponent. We've played tight games against each opponent just about all season long. So uh, I always am concerned. I'm also concerned about teams that have nothing to, to lose. And they're playing spoilers, and we know the Raiders would love to be able to put that extra feather in their cap and say that they knocked us out of a one seed at the end of the season, especially with how the, the game unfolded against them earlier this season. You know, they could have something positive. I mean, you, you bench and exile your quarterback. Uh, you got tension amongst the team, especially with your star player and Devontae Adams but you're standing at six and 10 that they're able to end seven and 10 and knock off the chiefs, uh, which would be the first time in several years that they would beat us on their home field, whether it was Oakland Coliseum or in Vegas. Uh, that's something, that's something of incentives. And when you've been in that situation where you have nothing else to gain, like you look to be the spoiler, you look to be the joker. You look like you look to be that. And that's something that's, uh, definitely an incentive for those players so it's nothing that with Jared Stidham we should not take them lightly they showed that they can put some points on the board they had some energy and when they're healthy let's remember they still got some weapons I mean if Darren Wallace is healthy and uh, Devontae Adams and Renfro and Jacobs in the backfield I mean like they are formidable so yeah I think they've had some ups and downs and uh this season but like they weren't too far off from being a team that could have snuck into the playoffs.
2: We're talking to former Chiefs wide receiver Danon Hughes here on Cody and Gold. We heard Patrick Mahomes yesterday discuss you know, they're going to be the first team back on a football field since the incident that took place on Monday night and the scary scene involving DeMar Hamlin and that he he kind of admitted it's going to be a little bit of a weird feeling stepping on the field. I know you didn't have this exact scenario play out in your playing career, but what what do you think that's like for, for these guys that are going to try to get back out there? We'll have to get back out there. On Saturday afternoon
3: so it's going to be tough but it's going to be tough individually for each guy differently and I say that because everybody handles issues differently I mean guy we've seen Brett Favre come back and play and have a career game the day or so after his dad died Uh, we've had uh, situations where family members or friends or former teammates have passed away and you have to go out and play. None of that obviously happened on the field, but it's still a weight that you carry as a player. But what you know about professional athletes for the most part is that we know how to compartmentalize everything. We can, we can be going through divorces, have issues with kids, uh, extended family members, deaths in the family, sicknesses, et cetera, but in between those lines for 60 minutes – we can compartmentalize that game and the task at hand. Now, what the challenge for those guys is going to be is if and when those trickling thoughts come into their mind about their buddy or if there's something on the scoreboard that um, they recognize or maybe there's a sign or or a fan holding up a banner uh, trying to, you know, honor – DeMar Hamlin, then that's where that can trickle in. You find yourself, and I've been down that road where you've gone through issues, not to this extent, but you find yourself like, man, I just floated through 10 plays. Like, I don't even remember these 10 plays because my brain was elsewhere. So that's going to be the toughest part, but I feel like once, and here's the thing about athletes, guys, once the time comes, whether it's in practice today practice tomorrow pregame warmup where the light clicks on and somebody or several guys say, let's go out here and fight guys. Like we all, we got like, I love you guys. This is what we do. Let's honor our fallen brother by our effort. He'd want us to be out here. And once that triggers in everybody's head, then you're able to kind of go and flow. Uh, But it's got to be that specific point, and I've been down that road where, you know, sitting in the locker room crying or, or, you know, shook up about something, and then somebody trigger that other part, that other mechanism in my brain to say, okay, like, this is what I got to go do, and then you go do it.
2: Former Chiefs wide receiver Danon Hughes will be on the call this Saturday out in Las Vegas. You can also hear him tonight on Players Only. Just keep an eye on Kling in Vegas, please. I don't know what you guys are going to be doing. I heard you're not staying on the strip, but still, I don't know what's going to happen.
3: Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on him. And for you guys, I appreciate you promoting Players Only. Tonight, we're actually going to have a special guest in studio. Uh, So hopefully everybody will tune in at 6 o'clock. We'll have a special guest for the entire hour and we'll be chopping it up about this situation as well as uh, the Chiefs in this upcoming uh, game. So it'll be a, a, a fun day, a fun evening.
2: Yeah, we'll be listening 6 to 7 right here on 610 Sports Radio. Thanks again. That's Dane and Hughes. He joins us every week here on Cody and Gold. And uh, then, of course, after players only, uh, that betting show tonight. No Thursday Night Football, though. No Thursday Night Football tonight. Kinda Is that weird. good or bad? It's weird. It's different. It's the first one I've had without Thursday Night Football. Normally we start the show talking about Thursday Night Football. We don't. We don't have that. Tonight.
4: So just some like random college I'll basketball start, game you I'll can start, start with, talking about instead. I'll start
2: with the Chiefs game. Let's kind of flip things around. Start with the Chiefs game. Benny Heiss will join me tonight as well on the show.
4: Anytime there's that much weirdness around a game, I'm like, I'm not betting it. I don't think so. By yeah, the way, Mike Florian is reporting again, yeah. saying he is expecting an announcement this afternoon on Bills and Bengals. He expected to be declared a no contest. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's actually reporting that the announcement will be no contest, which is why yeah. we're starting to see these. What I call
2: wild options, including taking away bye weeks and giving them home field and playing neutral sites all being floated out because the NFL clearly has made the decision that they're not remaking. Uh, they're, they're not, not playing this game. that, that Cincinnati Buffalo game. And, and so now they're looking for the out,
4: solutions that possibly make things more yeah,
2: equitable. Yeah, yeah, I just for all parties of cr- craziness. Crazy.
4: Some of them are crazy. Some of them are, in my opinion, not as crazy. Just, they're reasonable. They're just complicated.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's. um I just fundamentally don't know why if something already is going to potentially hurt two teams, the solution is to then hurt four? To hurt three? No, it's to hurt the
4: other two teams less and help the third team
2: less. What are we doing? I think the NFL doesn't like
4: the optics that these two teams calling a no contest definitively helps a third team that is fully not involved.
2: It's it's, It's craziness. Let's do it every year then, too. The NFL, I'm sure, would gladly have the AFC title game every year as a neutral site. They'd love to play it in Mexico City every year, too, and have it sponsored. What city are
4: we firmly settled into? Indianapolis oh, is about if, halfway. New oh,
2: Orleans. So if they played in Minnesota. New- I, I want to go to Vegas. So if they played a neutral site game, yeah, I think Minnesota is an option. Indy's is an option. Well, Indy Atlanta. would be pretty
1: close to Cincinnati if that ends up being a team that plays in the championship. That's the thing.
2: Would they decide the neutral site ahead of time, or would we You'd not know until to. the week
1: ahead? You'd have That's why You do right? Vegas.
2: You do Vegas. Everyone's got to get on a plane.
1: Be incredible Vegas can absolutely oh. handle it. Uh, all of a sudden, gold's coming uh, around on the idea of a neutral site game. <laughs> all right, can, that's
4: it. That's the deal. Can, if it's got to be neutral site, we could make jokes about the Las Vegas Raiders organization hosting an AFC title game, but their own team isn't even in it. <laughs> Who doesn't like all of those things?
2: <laughs> Las Vegas would actually be a very, I think, realistic option. And although the only thing is Allegiant Stadium. Uh, because it is Vegas, they might actually already have something else going on that weekend. They probably already know their team's not, you know, they've known for a while they're not hosting ASC title games with that franchise, so they probably already booked a concert that day or something. Maybe they can't do it. Maybe it's think that, you just that cancel Sunday. the Jonas Brothers Atlanta, or whatever. I don't I think know what's planned that Atlanta. day. Atlanta. Atlanta's probably a possibility. I mean, it's the
4: same thing with any arena that has teams that are firmly out of it. They might all have concerts planned. I know. I think more uh, often there's than only not.
2: They... One, there's only one indoor place that I think you can't have it. That it's, is? It's Detroit. You say why? That's a weird the Bills one. have played there twice already. You don't. You look, don't want them to play the a third Bills game in Detroit. Yeah, that that's an advantage. If we're gonna play this, then if we're trying, we're all about, clearly we're all about making everything fair.
4: That feels like and the perfect. smallest advantage. Well, then
2: the Buffalo Bills, the neutral site game cannot be Detroit, Michigan. They played on Thanksgiving okay. there. They crossed the, off one w- list, they, yeah. one
4: city, Detroit.
2: Yeah, can't be Detroit. Buffalo and Detroit are not that far from each other either. So Detroit's out.
4: Not that far. Let's do Vegas. That's the choice. If you do neutral side to that. That feels like the option. Ridiculous. Cold's so annoyed
1: at the idea. Yeah, you're so you're but so still, flustered.
2: I'm well, not not flustered. I'm very aware. You're flustered. You're not flustered. flustered. That sounds it like a man is, is flustered.
1: Just, I'm not angry. You're angry. It's <laughs> just
2: insane to me. Like we've got we've gone too far from the. Hey, we're trying to be respectful of everything going on. To now going way overboard to overcompensate—it's just insane to me. The fact that th- these are options that are being considered—that's fine. I, I, if you're not—if you cannot play a football game to equal them out, that is unfortunately something that's going to hurt your franchise and your franchise only,
4: not everybody else. It's crazy. I understand that in extraordinary circumstances. Making concessions is not a big deal. I just don't think you need to over-complicate it. Honestly, the simplest solution was just moving everything back a week, but they just felt like, they obviously, the there. NFL did not feel like that was the simplest yeah. solution. Getting the game in, having it be played, was the most logical thing because then you eliminate all these other conversations about neutral side and all this stuff. But I understand how this game and why this game is not going to end up getting played. So then what's the next simple solution? It's probably just leave it the way it is and win percentage counts. But to me, only a half step down from there is neutral site third-party game. Now, if we're talking about flip a coin for one seed or buy, we're having whole different conversations. That's getting way, <laughs> way, 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 way too messy. Unnecessarily messy, I would say.
2: NFL Network's going to have a live stream of a coin flip sponsored by somebody. They'll find a way to Kinda profit like Friday off Friday Night and, Lights. They'll it really prof- They'll be. try to profit off of the <laughs> coin flip. Brought
1: to you by BetMGM. Just yeah. flipping that coin. Why would it be brought to you by BetMGM? That's who sponsors me, so I just wanted oh, to say. Oh, okay, right. I didn't think. Why not? Couldn't it just be Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't it be someone who's not lining your pockets with cash?
4: <laughs> no, it could be BetMGM. Plus, they're a major sports betting partner with the NFL.
1: Some people say they're shady. Who? No one says that. I heard people talking. Don't say talking. that about. I did hear people. I didn't say it, but my I, good heard, friends. I heard people talking.
4: No, that's not. that's not accurate.
2: Coming up next, we'll get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour. McCole Hardman was activated. He's eligible to play this weekend if they think he's fully good to go. What does it mean for this offense in particular in the red zone? Next.
0: This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt & Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gann Asphalt & Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals First Basement slash NFL Insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload a football <laughs> tweets first jet that i have free on sunday it's it's go time 610 sports radio we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtus, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
2: It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Reminder, coming up at 1 o'clock, we will hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. By then, maybe we have some clarity on the potential playoff scenarios. Again, more and more reports uh, uh, out there saying it is increasingly unlikely that they will resume the Bengals and Bills game from Monday night, which means the NFL's got to sort out all the seating procedures. That's why these ideas have been out there. We'll get back to that in, in just a little bit. Uh, thanks again to Dane and Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, that joined us in the last half hour. He, he said that he thinks they should do a coin flip for uh, some of these purposes, perhaps. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the NFL actually decides. One thing we do know is at least McCall Harmon would be available come playoff time. He's available this weekend, as a matter of fact. That's because the Chiefs activated McCall Harmon to the 53-man roster. He'd been out for what, six weeks with this abdominal illness, injury. We still don't know really what what it actually is. I don't know if it's a sure thing he's playing on Saturday, Cody.
4: I kind of prefer he's, he didn't in a he's, weird activated, way.
2: activated, which is a great sign, which means the Chiefs believe he'll be able to help them in the playoffs, that he's going to play card weekend, divisional weekend, whatever it he's may gonna be. He's going to be
4: available to him at some point, yeah.
2: Right, and so that's why you activate him from the 53-man roster. I can understand the argument that you want him to get 10 snaps, 15 snaps this weekend, just to kind of get some of the rust off a little bit. I'll just remind people of how much we were talking about McCall Hartman prior to the injury and how important he was and how important the red zone, like three weeks into the injury. I think people realized his, his importance in the red zone. Now, Jerick McKinnon has been performing so well that it's funny to me. Now we're trying to downplay. I feel like his importance. I, I think McCall Hartman helps his team immensely in the red zone. And that's why it's important that he was activated yesterday.
4: I think he does help this team. I think he's important to the offense, but only when he's important to the offense, if that makes sense. My problem is he's missed so much time, and there's going to be so little run-up to what? Max? If the Chiefs end up as the bye, three games? Like, maybe, maybe he gets on the field against this, but he's been a limited participant each of the last two days, and we know that Andy Reid's typical line in the sand is full participant by the day before, so what? He's got today. Right? Just today. He had a setback a week ago. Are you sure you want to rush him onto the field? Yeah. My my indication, my thought would be, don't play him this week and try to get him in. My problem is, can you just roll McCole Hartman? He's been in this offense for a while. I understand that. Is he the kind of guy who can just come off the street and reassume his old role? And that I'm not, I'm not as confident about. Maybe it's because he's never developed into this number one wide receiver, and those are the guys, right? The guys who are already started. Travis Kelsey missed eight games. And we were talking about coming back for the divisional round of the playoffs and be like, well, Travis Kelsey's just going to be Travis Kelsey the second he steps back out on that field. Because I know, even though Travis Kelsey never misses time, I know that he would still be himself, right? I wouldn't have to worry about how they're going to use him in the offense. The whole offense works around him. They have found other ways their offense works without McCole Hardman. In some cases, giving some of his jobs or his roles to other members of the offense. How easy is it? This late in the season, considering the fact he's missed half of the games, mm-hmm. to just roll McCormick back in. I'm not so sure he's going to have as big of an impact as I would have thought if he came back a month ago.
2: Yeah, that part's probably fair. I just don't think, given the fact he's been in this offense for multiple years and was having an impactful year in the red zone prior to the injury, that it's going to be a situation where like they can't find a way to work him back in. We're, we're talking about Andy Reid. We're talking about the play designs that involve McCall Harmon. We have thought some of them went to Kadarius Tony. They're to me not just gonna be like, hey, we're good with Tony. Thanks, McColl for everything, but uh, we're just gonna we're just not gonna use you the rest of the year, man. If that was the case, don't even activate him. He's going. I think McColl Harman will will have an impact in the red zone at some point during the postseason. I don't know if he's even playing this weekend. As we said, I, I think there there's a real possibility he doesn't. I do believe in you. Don't want to have somebody jump have their first game back in in the divisional round weekend. Like I, I would like him to get a couple of snaps perhaps this weekend.
4: Like I wonder. I- I mean, I'd be fine. I actually, you know, like as much as they don't want him to play, like if he got like eight snaps and two targets, just to like prove he could do it still, if that makes sense. I wouldn't hate it. But a lot of this is, I mean, it's just the same problem. It's, It's not that he doesn't have an impact, but gold, he's missed half the season and they're the number one offense in the NFL. Like, I'm not saying they didn't miss him in some regards, but they were still one of the best red zone offenses in the NFL. They were still like, Really, what it is, very simply put, you're like, hey, he really was impactful in the red zone. How do they cover that gap? They just gave it to Jarek McKinnon a bunch. I'm not saying not having more options is not a good thing in the red zone. I think typically that would be. But still, I think you've got to consider the fact that it might not look like the same McCall Hardman. He's missed nine, eight, eight, nine weeks. And then what? Maybe his first game is a divisional round playoff game? I'm not, like, at this point, I'm just stuck in, I <laughs> hope, right? Like, I hope he's impactful, but I am not nearly as confident that he will be. The good news is, that doesn't send me into a panic spiral. I just told you all the options they have available to them on offense. They have found a way to score absent McCall Hardman. Doesn't mean it can't be better if a fully healthy McCall Hardman just shows up and he's back through the door. But they activate him because they still see a role. That's the one thing I will say about Andy. Is And you can't really do that to McCall if he's healthy enough. You mentioned just sitting and be like, "Hey, I know you've been here for three and a half years, and you're going to be a free agent now. Um, I know that you're pretty healthy, but we don't want you for the playoffs. So, good luck next year in free agency. You can't do that either. And that's that would have been a very bad way to treat he, a team." He's going to have an impact in the playoffs. You think he's going to have the, the what what percentage of you of his previous role do you think he has now? Right, right, the second. No, by game
2: one. Well, right by playoffs. I mean, if we're really by talking playoffs, about yeah. yeah, by the playoffs, I think if he is in the divisional round football game. In the postseason that he's still going to be at 75 or 80 percent of where his previous role. Yeah.
4: And you think it all just comes off of Justin Watson and Kadarius, Tony and a little off of Jarek McKinnon's back. Because that's where it's been
2: during this time. Yeah. I mean, again, Jarek McKinnon, as much as he's been in the red zone, it's not he's not lining up at wide receiver where McCall Harmon was. He's like he's getting the red zone touchdowns right now. He's had touchdowns in in plenty of games here down the stretch. But I don't think we are it's not like a direct it's not a direct one for one. If there's a if there's a one for one, it's actually the routes Justin Watson's been running are McColl Harmon routes.
4: They are for the most part, and he, and I told you his snap to production percentage not good enough. McColl, as much as we want to like be critical of what McColl's done in his year, in the years where McColl was a fifty percent snap guy, he finished the year with a lot more than two hundred and sixty yards. He finished closer to seven hundred yards. Like when McColl's on the field, they throw at him way more than when Justin Watson's on the field. Yes. The thing is. The old adage of Andy Reid saying there's only one ball is also true here. They can't just, now all those snaps are just throwing to McColl way more. They throw it to everyone. I mean, to me, it adds a layer of athleticism that I don't think that they possess, that Justin Watson doesn't possess. I like the speed. I like the confusion. I like that part of it. Not like full-blown decoy, but I like the fact that he puts something on the field that you don't currently possess. Like, in in every area, which is exceptional speed. You maybe have that in Tony. And I know Justin Watson's not slow. But McColl, we know, kind of runs in a slightly different gear than that. It's not Tyree Kills or whatever. But it's still, like, he runs at a slightly different level than most of the other guys who are going to be playing wide receiver for the Chiefs during the postseason.
2: Again, I assume Andy will be asked about McColl now that uh, he actually has been activated. Yesterday when Andy spoke, he hadn't been activated yet. So now he has. So we'll maybe get some clarity on uh, if McColl is going to play on Saturday out in Las Vegas. Thinking of Andy Reid, yesterday, it was 10 years ago that Andy Reid was hired as head coach. I remember there was a headline in, I think it was the New York Daily News, and it said, like, smile and say Chiefs or whatever. It was some yeah. cheesy headline that they had when Andy got, when Andy got hired.
4: It was 10 years ago, man. Everyone was making <laughs> cheesy headlines there. Think it's about fine. That's how Nick would have written
2: it. Now the Chiefs have gone to multiple They're Super Bowls. You're way cheesier they've, than me. They've won a Super Bowl. and
1: It's like a contest?
2: Seven straight AFC West titles. Okay,
1: Alex can mediate. Who's cheesier? You are. Wow. Wait, you are as in Cody? No, no he was, was you, looking you. at you. Why?
2: I think you're cheesier, cornier is probably the word I would use, yeah.
1: So you're saying Cody's cooler than me? No, I definitely didn't say that either. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: tough
2: definitely. to be cornier and cooler. Cooler, definitely, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely didn't
1: say that either. <laughs> wow, just insult both of us, Cody I guess. says. Cody has said "fuddy duddy" multiple uh, times in the last twelve months. That's true. That's that's really true, actually. What mm. was the other thing I said that you guys? Man, he wears glasses. So he wears glasses. You know
4: that shouldn't hurt me. People wear glasses. Kind of makes you look like a nerd. I don't think that that's fair. I don't remember the one now that you guys really were on top <laughs> of me for saying.
2: Uh yeah. It might
4: have been as bad as like saying something like "on fleek," but it wasn't that. It was <laughs> it was something as bad as that. I don't remember. It doesn't get
1: much now. worse than that. No. No, it's pretty bad, though.
4: Anyway, so Andy got hired 10 years ago. The
1: floor is yours. He he did. Uh, I mentioned seven
2: straight AFC West titles, all the accomplishments, and look at where this franchise is now. I think it goes without saying. What what he's been able to do has been remarkable. He's going to be a Hall of Fame head coach. We all know that. You and I, three years ago, uh, we were just right after the Super Bowl run, uh, the the year they won it in Miami. We were talking about like you know how long, how much longer is Andy Reid gonna coach? I think you and I said five to seven years roughly. Some other people thought maybe it'd only be two or three years. Here we are, three years later, he's still coaching. There's no reason to believe he's not. I think you and I have always maintained that as long as he uh, is physically able to do so, I think he's gonna keep coaching. You have Patrick Correct. Mahomes as your quarterback, a you generational need- talent. If you are physically able to do it, you've won seven straight AFC West titles. You are in position think to be the one seed and who knows unless the NFL tries to screw them over here over the next 24 hours and you have a chance to win a Super Bowl again. So as long as you are physically able to do it. I don't see why you step away. And so if you're asking me how many more years
4: I don't see why you don't believe you can't do another five. I would think yeah. I mean if you made me if you set the Vegas over under four and a half years I'll take the over. Okay. Yeah. So what Andy because there is absolutely no reason at all to think he's done coaching football, he's given no indication of that. There hasn't been a single rumor, report, whisper. Nothing in Andy's actions suggest he's not done creating new things, or he's settled into the job to the point that it seems like maybe he's done. Right? Even things we joked about, like Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers, in the year, we're like, what well, kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers doesn't really want to do this anymore? Right? You don't even get that sense with Andy Reid. This is why the conversations that are, hey, just hire ex coach. And they should just stick around to be Andy's future replacement. They even say it about the current offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy. That's a stupid plan. If you're an offensive coordinator right now, if you're Eric Bieniemy, if you are Matt Nagy, the plan of I'll just sit around and wait till Andy retires and then I'll become the head coach. Well, I hope you're ready to wait a little while. Also, that doesn't happen in the NFL. That is very strictly and clearly a college basketball thing. That is the only sport in which people yeah. actually do that where they just sit around and wait to be the next head coach. But in, in cases where, like, let's say Bill Self, Bill Self's not hanging it up right now. Like, you better wait until closer to retirement. If you're going to do that, slide in the last four or five years of Krzyzewski's run, right? Last three years of Krzyzewski's run. Andy still seems like he is years away from doing that. I mean, I know we could have this conversation, just talk about what a complete 180 that this organization took the second Andy Reid showed up in the building, because that's absolutely true. I think it, yeah. We all know that's true. No doubt. Now, it'd be
2: interesting, like if, if you were saying, "Hey, Andy wasn't coaching after this season." If that actually was something in this hypothetical, Eric Bieniemy would be the guy, right? Not Matt Nagy. The reason why you're saying, "Well, what are you talking about?" How would it not be Matt Nagy? He's been a head coach before. We've all seen and heard Clark Hunt praise Eric Bieniemy and mention how he's talked to other owners, how he should be hired. If Andy Reid retired
4: tomorrow, and you didn't hire Beanie, hire Eric B In- then he's never going to get hired. That would be such <laughs> like, a that would be uh, the worst look imaginable. I like five or six years from now, you could have a different him. conversation, maybe, maybe. Like if he's still the offensive coordinator for some reason six yeah. years from now, which I don't yeah. think he will be, but if he's still the offensive coordinator six years from now because nobody ever plucked him away, then okay, maybe we're having a different conversation. But I also I, I've kind of gone back a little bit. I think there's a chance Beanie gets a job this year. I think that the Brian Dable, Dan Campbell, semi-success stories help BNME. Because those are the, we're the leader of men. We're the rah-rah guy, right? Which is Eric BNME's current, that's his current outside view. I think he's a really good innovator. I think he cares about the offense. I think he thinks really deeply about it. But he is viewed more in that vein. He is a motivator of men. And I think that because that was more successful this year than let's go get young let's go get guy from successful analytics offense with great quarterback i.e nathaniel hackett there's a chance eric beanie might might still get a job this year and i obviously hope he does but i mean the, does anyone i mean nick would you take the over on the four and a half i don't feel like i get any sense that andy reed is close to retiring he's still like six years younger than bill belichick and i'm not sure bill belichick's or close Pete to retiring. like like Pete Carroll's. i understand everybody's health is is different but I don't think the age thing is actually all that problematic. The only health thing that ever shows with Andy is every year at training camp, he shows back up in a cane. But then that thing goes away, and he seems fine.
1: Oh, is it for mine?
4: Yeah, I thought yeah. You maybe you were going to say whether or not
1: you you <laughs> wanted He's going to be there for a minute. I'll take the over.
4: Were you, were you really focused on a Kansas running back hitting the transfer portal? You were worried?
1: No, I didn't. Even, did Need that, that for the Wave in the Wheat podcast? Well, no, you just said my name, and then you kept talking for like 30 seconds, <laughs> so I didn't know if the offer was still on the table to weigh in. Okay. It was.
4: You would take the over? Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it's It's funny how, because we talk a lot about quarterback. That was the whole conversation in Kansas City for years, because you know what the truth is? Kansas City had some pretty good coaches. Like they weren't all, I mean, I get it. They had some laughing stock ones too, Mm -hmm. but in their run, like in your childhood, gold, my childhood, whatever, they had some good coaches run through town, some Super Bowl caliber coaches run through town, but it felt like the thing that held them back all that time was the quarterback. So that became the focus. How do you get a quarterback? How do you get a quarterback? How do you solve this problem? The quarterback. So we didn't care. Haley was a bad coach, but you were more worried about, Oh, castle. Is he the answer at quarterback? Then you realize how quickly when you look at other teams in the league, what a difference it makes how a coach can make almost as big of an impact as a quarterback. And really Mike Tomlin may be the answer on that, because look at what Mike Tomlin does. He can get absolutely zero quarterback play at all and get his team inside with a chance of a playoff spot every year. Like the difference between quality head coaching and really, and like even mediocre head coaching, like great head coaching and mediocre head coaching is massive in the NFL. And that's what we've seen in Reed because, they were instantly viable, not because Patrick Mahomes walked through the door, but because Andy Reid did. He took an average NFL mm-hmm. quarterback and took this team where they hadn't been in a long time, competitive, winning divisions every year. It took the special quarterback to put him over the top, as we know, but they weren't even competitive before Andy showed up.
2: Yeah, like we know he will not be the head coach for the entire tenure of, of Patrick Mahomes as quarterback, but man, you, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're hoping it is as much of that career as possible because we've all seen the results, and he is going to be a Hall of Fame head coach and is as good as anybody that's ever coached uh, in the NFL. Look at this year as a prime example of it, too, Cody. The, no Tyreek Hill. What's the offense going to look like? And they're the best offense in football. They're better than a year ago. Yeah, Mahomes gets a ton of credit for that, but uh, I, I look on Andy Reid for how on earth they're able to do what they continue to do this year with the current wide receiver core, with the injuries that they've had on offense, to where they're better offensively. That's with an entire
4: Like a borderline entirely new team defensive second and third levels, right? I mean, the, the the defensive line, pretty standard. They added Karloftis, but most of the guys are back. But the linebacker core and the cornerbacks are all within the last two years. They've had to reinvent themselves there, and yet still, here they are with a chance of the one seed because, well, Andy Reid does nothing but win. I'm waiting for... I, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, the funny thing is, like what happened in Philly, those last couple of bad years in Philly, that'll never happen in Kansas City with Reid. Well, he's he got has the ring.
2: Well, he's got the ring, too. Well, he's got the ring, but I'm saying
4: he'll never have a five win team because he has Mahomes. Right? Like what I'm saying is he, he could never hit rock bottom here. Rock bottom, what would what would your assumption be like, oh my God, what happened to the Chiefs this year? They were the fifth seed, the sixth seed in the NFL playoffs? It certainly in my mind wouldn't be that they missed it.
2: Yeah, it would take injuries. I mean, that's what that's the
4: scenario. Yeah. But I'm take... just saying, with with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid both on the football field for an entire schedule, what would be a disaster season for the Chiefs? The fifth seed, right? You'd be, you would ask yourself, when would you start asking yourself, what the hell happened this year? What's wrong with you? Yeah. About there, right? About a ten-win team, eleven-win team? I mean,
2: it's one of those. It's the Brady, Belichick, Patriots silly, run, his? which is however many consecutive years the Patriots made the playoffs with with Brady, which was every year, correct? Yes. So that would be like not making the playoffs. Yeah. That's rock bottom. Losing the division. <laughs> that's that's rock bottom. Yeah,
4: exactly. But I don't foresee that. That's why rock bottom is different than that. It's, it's rock insane. bottom is you're a six seed. And I'm like, oh, man, you yeah, lost you, the West This conversation
2: we're having, meanwhile, their opponent is the Raiders, who uh, are going to start Jared Siddham for a second straight week, who looked really good actually last week against the four and at 49ers. Knowing what Derek Carr, even though it's not all his fault this year by any means, but knowing what he looked like, do you wish they were playing Derek Carr or Jared Siddham this weekend? Because Stidham, Stidham just did it against the
1: 49ers defense. Stidham. It's still Stidham, <laughs> right? I think so as well. It's Are there nuts. people
4: arguing the other side that they'd rather Derek Carr be starting
1: I, in this game? It's Stidham. What, what is, is his record? 3-14 against the Chiefs? Yeah, it's pretty bad. So I'll take that. <laughs> You'll take that guy? Because I know Derek, Derek Carr, Carr might play okay, but they will not win.
2: I think last week was a perfect storm for Stidham. Yes, he was going up against one of the best defensive football, but... There's more tape on him now, whatever they were trying to do with that wide receiver core, with him as quarterback. Adjustments are made. It's the same thing we talk about all the time when a, and a quarterback can come in or even in baseball, players come in and they have success right away. There's not a lot of film or focus on that player in particular. Now you've got a whole other week. You've got to see what the Niners did wrong, what the Raiders did well in that performance in, in, in overtime where, where the 49ers uh, barely survived. Las Vegas.
4: He has, against the Chiefs in his career, he has played almost a full season. He has played in 17 games and started 14 of them. So he's played. So some of the ones he had to come in late or whatever, but he has played in 17 games against Kansas city career passing yardage of 4,120 yards, 26 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. It's not exactly a banger career, but I would take that. I would, if you <laughs> told me that that's what Stidham would do over the next 14 games, I'd be pretty surprised. So I feel like I'm still going to say Stidham. I just feel like I want the worst quarterback who knows the offense less. Although maybe he knows it better because he was with McDaniels in in New New England, right? I mean, so there's an argument to say he knows it better. If he
2: performs well, even in a losing effort on Saturday against the Chiefs, in a way that's not the worst thing to happen if you're a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs win, but Stidham performs decently. Why, because then maybe they convince themselves to go a
4: year with Stidham? Yes,
2: yes. It's the Raiders after all. Anything's on the table.
4: Well, they're not picking high enough in the draft, right?
2: Well, they are actually. No, the Raiders, if they lose, there's a chance they get the sixth pick or seventh pick. So So they
4: could pick high enough to actually take a quarterback. Hmm?
2: Right now, they're eighth, I think. Eighth or ninth. But they could move up to seven or six. Six or seven.
4: McDaniels is not a good coach. He's just not. He's just not. He's not a good NFL head coach. Who are you arguing with? You know what I mean? (laughs) I, mean, that's, I like, that's like <laughs> I you know what it is I it's used like to say ha- Zach Wilson's not a good quarterback I used to actually Agreed. but weirdly enough I used to have to have this argument <laughs> even Gold before he got before hired he's got like hired. I'm not sure he's not a bad like we don't know that there was no evidence there was not enough time the, all yeah. that and I was like no he stinks you should all know that right now he stinks he's not a good head coach he's not going to be a good head coach but yeah now you're right Nick I'm really just arguing against nobody nobody's taking the other side of that right now I actually think he's doing a great job
2: man. I think he's doing a great job. He's doing job. a worse
4: job than Rich Versace been, last year. I think he's year. been doing a great
2: job. He's got that team playing hard. Yeah, just been a great coach for the Playing Raiders. hard? Yeah, they're playing hard. Playing hard to that sixth uh-huh. overall pick in the That's NFL right, draft. Man. they you know They they love him. You know, he's innovative. Oh, he's doing a great job. The weirdest. Him and Matt Patricia, you know, see over there in and, and, and New England
4: also doing just a great job. They should probably do the same thing that clearly the Broncos organization did, which was send a group text to the team and be like, hey, everybody. Everyone's got to get on Twitter and say something nice about Russ, okay? So just if you guys don't mind, get out there and send out a tweet and be like, what a guy, hard worker, love that he has an office. Doesn't matter, just say something nice. Anything you can think of that you think is nice about him, you make sure you say it on Twitter today. They should do the same thing with Josh McDaniels. Isn't that what that felt like with Russ? It was like five or six players all at once finally decided to come to his defense after saying nothing in defense of Russell Wilson for 16 games this year. They all just decided the same weekend to come to bat for him. That seems like it doesn't make sense. I can't believe Nick would rather face Derek Carr. He's clearly the better quarterback.
1: He has won three games against <laughs> the Chiefs in his lifetime. How many Jared Stidham won against the Chiefs? Zero. Uh, he's the car we haven't driven off the lot yet. And you know what? I like the specs, you know? I like what I saw last weekend. That Ta- one game? Yeah, taking some, hey, made some high level throws. Anytime you don't. Really like you didn't really watch the game. Just say like, ah, oh, he made some high level throws, yeah, man. A lot of high level throws. He kind of looks
2: like a dude. Good presence out there. But they lost, and he threw he, multiple you know, interceptions.
1: He, he showed some moxie and some poise. <laughs> did you watch any part of that game? <laughs> just the last two seconds, <laughs> the, the very <laughs> very end. Yeah, you watched yeah the you last watched. drive <laughs> I yeah. was Like, did yep. you
4: watch just like yep. any of that game at all? I watched no. a little more than that because it was maybe the best game of the afternoon I slate that zone. day. I had
2: red zone on, and so they bounced around,
4: but. I don't know, man. Jared Stidham has one career start. He's played in 12 career games. That's the only career start we've ever seen from Jared Stidham.
1: I I went to the game, so I immediately came home and passed out on the couch and then woke up to the Niners missing a field goal.
4: And you're like, oh, this game's close. Ah!
1: (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Actually, no, I saw the Devontae Adams catch. That was great. He's still good. He is. So the Chiefs should definitely account for him. That seems like a strong, good strong play for Spad. They going to move
4: Snead around with him again, like they did with uh Sneed plays, DK Metcalf. I don't know if Snead's playing. Uh, he was a limited participant yesterday. I don't know if he's. I don't, I don't know. know if he's playing. Thursday is a good
1: Thursday. McDuffie didn't play in the first matchup, correct? Correct. He would have been out. Correct. Yes. Yep. 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 Yep.
4: Yep. But McDuffie is not the guy you would normally say. Let's stick him on Devontae Adams. That's why Snead and McDuffie are a good combination together. Who got? Who they got possess... burnt? Was it
1: Fenton who got burnt by him?
4: Yes. Not, even, a, burnt. not even burnt. Not even burnt. It was a blown.
1: It was a. Uh, <laughs> That's usually a good guess. <laughs> was it Fenton probably? I still think they should have
2: <laughs> I still think Fenton should have been kept on the roster for depth purposes. I still maintain that. I, I still think there was no reason to trade him, but
1: yes. Hey, we're not Hey. You can't you can't have it both ways. You either love him or hate him, man. I mean, that was my take at the time. It has changed.
2: All right, coming up next, we'll get to watch trading. There's a little update on who is actually At practice, someone that was dealing with an injury yesterday. We'll let you know who that is and where things are at. Plus, we'll get back into the wild options that are being thrown out from the NFL in regards to the playoffs.